Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be, as we traverse our lives in this strange and unusual solar system, I hope that you are aware of things that you are experiencing and you know exactly what's happening and where it's coming from. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about ascension symptoms, but also I'm going to go over a list and I think it's going to take me all week in the introductions to go through this list of like 43 to 53 ascension symptoms. But a friend of mine and I were talking and he said that he was talking to his spiritual teacher about what happens when you have a curse on you or when somebody has been doing uh, voodoo or black magic against you. What does it feel like? And he said, I think someone's out to get me and I have to you know, counteract their magic with my magic to make sure I'm not affected. And I'm like, well, what are your symptoms out of curiosity? What's going on? And he says, yeah, there's symptoms. And, and he gave me a list of Ascension symptoms that we're all going through. (laughs) And I said, you know what though, these are actually symptoms that everybody's been experiencing. When did they start about four years ago? And he said, yes, He's like, yes, how did you know? And I'm like, well, when is the last time you saw these people you're thinking might have tried to break you and your boyfriend up? And he said, well, I'm, that, I, I haven't seen them in like six years or something. He's like, but these have been going on for about four years. I'm like, that's about when most of us started to experience the ascension symptoms. I don't know where you guys were. And and when you started experiencing them, but did you all of a sudden like me go, God, I'm having these weird, like heart palpitations and ear ringing. And I don't think I'm actually sick, but I feel like I have the flu. All these crazy things started happening. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I really don't. And I started looking up things about uh, when someone treats you terrible. That's when I started looking up narcissism. And I started to have this massive leap in consciousness all of a sudden. And it, it seems like overnight now, but it really took the past four years when all of a sudden I was um, realizing that I had been in a series of narcissistic relationships where I was the empath. 
but I took on their characteristics. And so for a time I went through a phase where I thought, holy shit, I might be a narcissist. And if that's the case, I'm never going to be in a relationship again because I don't want to hurt anybody. And then I realized a narcissist would never think that. So, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> narcissists don't care. You know, they don't really love you and they can't really, they don't have the ability to think about hurting you or not hurting you in advance or, you know, it, it you know, they don't have a consciousness of that. All they could think of is me, 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 me. <laughs> you know, like a narcissistic opera singer. Me, 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 me. <laughs> okay, I got that joke from Frasier. It's not mine. I, I can never steal jokes. <laughs> but I was thinking about this conversation with my friend today. And I'm like, you know, some of these uh, also take place when you... Um, are in a twin flame relationship and a lot of people that talk about soulmate relationships and twin flame relationships they don't understand that all of the symptoms of soulmate relationships all the things that happen also happen in a twin flame relationship but in a twin flame relationship there's a lot more that happens that doesn't happen for any other reason but at the same time, the things that happen in both a soulmate relationship as well as a twin flame relationship can also just be an ascension symptom. And some of these can be when your ancestors are pushing on your head to get your attention. It also could be when you're being haunted by spirits who want you to push them into heaven because maybe just maybe you might be a psychic medium and you're not really aware of it yet the ancestors and the spirits will start to push on your head and some of these things will happen when you are a shaman that has not yet answered the calling so um, I'm going to go all over all these symptoms of ascension, but I'm also going to tell you what else these symptoms could be so that, you know, you have to decipher for yourself, you know, what these are, um, you know, for you specifically. And also on top of everything else, any one of these could actually be a medical issue. So you might have to see a doctor if uh, some of these uh, continue in a way where you start to feel unsafe or maybe like, oh crap, this might be an actual health issue, not just, you know, hopping to a better timeline or going up, growing up <laughs> or glowing up into the fifth dimension. So, okay. I am um, looking at this website called enlighteningmedia.nl and it's um, the article called list of 53 ascension symptoms 2021 so this is not something from four years ago when people were all kind of going what the hell is happening to me <laughs> this is after we've been at this for a long time okay four years and counting and so here we go. Um, <clears throat> this is what this person said. Her particular list um, 
or she says in no particular order, sorry, her list says, uh, she says over 43 symptoms, but then the name of the article is 53. So, you know, we're going to just go over the first, you know, 10 or so, uh, today. Okay. So the first one, uh, headaches, migraines, fuzzy head and her explanation. And I love her explanations. She said, because your brain is forming new neural pathways and you're now creating new thought paths. The more you accept newness without resisting, the easier this process will feel. And also she says, drink lots of water (laughs) and get lots of rest when you're going through these major cosmic events, which I totally agree with. So headaches that can be caused by not eating enough, not sleeping enough, not having enough water, uh, migraines, fuzzy head, all these things can be that also you can get headaches, um, and, and even migraines when you're having allergies, you know, it could be a physical medical issue, but it also could be when the spirits are trying to get your attention in the case of, you know, they need to get to heaven and they think that you might be a psychic medium that can help them. And if you ever have anyone in your family, especially like a grandparent or an aunt or a parent who has the gift of second sight, it's very possible that this is one of your spiritual gifts that you have not yet unwrapped about yourself. (laughs) So um, headaches, migraines, fuzzy head, that can all be also having a curse placed on you, people doing Santeria or voodoo against you or black magic. So it could come from a lot of different places. It might just be you're sleeping on a shitty ass pillow (laughs) and you really need to change your pillow or your mattress. You know, I mean, it could be something super basic like that. Um, it could be, you just didn't have enough coffee. I have this one. I all night last night, I was having pain in my whole body and, um, not really a migraine, but, um, a slight fuzzy head feeling, but like all of my muscles have been, um, not working right. And I just feel like I probably didn't have enough coffee and I'm suffering from that all day long. Now I've got to catch up by drinking more because, uh, an addiction is an addiction. Damn it. I've been trying to lower the amount that I drink. So that's just, yeah, it's one of those things that happens, but so headaches and migraines and fuzzy head that could come from a lot of different, uh, places, but it is an ascension symptom. So if you don't normally get headaches, if you don't normally, um, if you're not a psychic medium and there's no one in your family, like you guys are not a magical family and you're probably not working with your ancestors. It's safe to say that it's either something you may need to see a doctor about, or you need to take better care of yourself or it's an ascension symptom. Okay. So spiritual flu is the next one. She says this can be a combination of many of the physical symptoms listed. So I think that's true too. There's like all the different things and it makes you feel kind of sick. Like you actually have the flu, but you really don't, 
you're like, that's really weird. I have all the symptoms. I feel hot. And then I go to touch my head and my head feels cool. It's like, what gives? I feel like I'm burning up here, but you're not really. And it's like really confusing. So, okay. Even though you have flu-like symptoms, it says here that you're not actually physically ill. It's an energetic sickness and it passes in uh, two, uh, one to two days, basically. And it can feel like a spiritual fire rising inside you. And it cleanses and clears any toxic energy that might be uh, left behind in your cells. And it brings them up to a higher, finer vibration. Now, the spiritual flu feeling, I think this is just a some uh, ascension. This is not really anything else other than basic ascension crap that we've all been going through for the past four years. Um, I don't know about you, but when you look back on your life four years ago, even 10 years ago, do you really feel ashamed at some of the ways that you were thinking or acting? Cause I know I do not 10 years so much, but I would say 20, 25 years ago, my God, my consciousness was so low compared to now. And I'm kind of ashamed to admit that there were some things I said and did that I just, I wish I could take back now. Even over the past 10 years, there are things that I wish I could take back, um, you know, but you can't. And you don't understand what it is until you raise your consciousness. And how do you raise your consciousness? Well, with this spiritual fire that rises inside you, sometimes it's Kundalini. Sometimes it's just when we get these waves of cosmic energy coming at us in the form of cosmic radiation or solar winds, or when a CME breaks off from the sun and then that's extra plasma and the gamma rays and all that good positive energy coming directly from, well, God himself from the central sun. And it comes through all the suns and everybody gets an upgrade at once. And then we go, wow, I was really sexist before, or I was really whatever before. And now I'm different. Like I was so judgmental when I was younger and I'm so grateful that I'm such a better person. Like, you know, I went from, you know, when I was like a teenager, hating everyone in the world and only liking a few and loving hardly anyone to now I love everybody in the world, no matter what right? That's a massive leap in consciousness and all of these things, and especially in the past four years, but you know, since 2012, but especially in the past four years, we've had massive waves of energy that put us in a situation where we weren't just changing in vibration slowly and coming up with new ideas about ourselves in the world that seemingly came out of nowhere. It's like really obvious. Like in four years, I have really grown in leaps and bounds. And in the past 25 years, I'm a completely different person. I've had people from 10 years ago, even, or 12 years ago, um, you know, write me and Hey baby, remember when we used to have sexy talks and I'm like, Oh wow. I barely remember you. I'm so sorry. I'm a totally different person now. I don't do that anymore. Sorry. You know, like there's a couple guys I was interested in dating, but we never met in real life. And we had these sexy talks. Cause I mean, I was going through my 
you know, sexual crisis when I was 38. <laughs> you know, I was at a couple, I tossed some ideas around to some guys and talked for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. Like, Oh, what about this idea? What about that? Ooh. And now I'm like, I have no interest in talking about that unless I'm in a relationship. I'm a totally different person, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being sexy and wanting sexy talks with people. But I feel like a lot of people are really just going and glowing up. Like we are getting better in every possible way. You know, like I'm now honoring myself, respecting myself and Um, I know a lot of you guys are too, that we're all learning the process of, Hey, wait a minute. I I, I was not raised with respect. I was not raised around it. I didn't know what it looked like. I only know that when it's mentioned on a movie, it's like some kind of a joke making fun of Italian people, which by the way, that's not cool, but it was hilarious when I was growing up, you know, like it was one of those, you know, and then Ronnie Dangerfield with the, I get no respect sort of, uh, jokes. Um, you know, I mean, I grew up with that as like a joke and now I'm looking at it saying, well, you know, I deserve respect and you know what? It starts with you. You have to respect yourself. You, no one's going to respect you if you don't respect yourself. And it starts with learning about relationships and how to be a good friend. What constitutes a good friend? Maybe I don't need those people as my friends because they're not really Maybe I didn't need to date that person because that person didn't love me, but I didn't know four years ago and, and most of us didn't, right? So we're all learning and growing and our consciousness is lifting so rapidly at this point where we're like, oh, well, that's what respect looks like. That's what self honor looks like and gratitude and loving everyone on the planet. And when you love and honor and respect yourself, and then you radiate that outward to other people, then you're only going to attract people that love, honor, and respect you. They reflect it back to you. And we're learning about things like that, which is like pretty exciting, I think. And so um, this spiritual flu, even though it just feels like you're sick a lot and sleeping a lot and, oh my God, I need a lot of water and we're having a lot of crises and we're, having a lot of relationship revelations about ourselves and others. And we're learning so much. And we're at this point where now we're like saying, well, now I'm some, I'm a different person. So for four years, we felt like we haven't done a whole hell of a lot. (laughs) And yet we have, we've learned and grown inside ourselves. And that's what the spiritual flu is for. That's why it keeps happening. It keeps cleansing out that toxic energy of not loving yourself, of not loving others, of being stingy, of being judgmental, of being angry at the world, of hating people that you've never met or having little to zero concern about strangers in a strange land that are going through flash floods and earthquakes and tornadoes and snow and wildfires, you know, like when I was growing up, nobody gave a crap that anybody else was going through this stuff. Nobody gave a shit about it. No one in my life. I never, except for my grandmother. And I would be at my grandma Fox's house and she would see something and she'd say, Oh, that's just, that's terrible. And she would start to cry because she had empathy 
she had compassion and she had love for other people. And I remember when I was really young, I was like, you know, you don't even know these people. Why are you worried? Why are you kind of sweat that? And she said, but you know, they're, they have families too. And they're just like us, you know, just because they live in another land, they look different, they act different. They have a different culture. It doesn't mean that's so what they're, they're people going through this. That's why I'm upset, you know, and then that raised my consciousness. So I, I'm grateful to her because she's the one that first got me started on this idea of loving and thinking about other people as our human family, you know, even though I, you know, I heard it growing up, you know, in church, Jesus loves everybody and we're all brothers and sisters, which always gave me the creeps when you think about it like that, because who am I ever going to marry my brother? Ew, you know, but the only, and then after that, I met a woman who said we were bombing Iran no, we we're bombing Iraq. When we first bombed Iraq, the first time that happened when George Bush senior was the president and she walked in and it was like a study hall at, um, my, uh, college. And she said, Hey, everybody, we're bombing Iraq. And I can't believe it. We just started war with this tiny little country. And she was like, uncontrollably crying. And she was this really young, um, woman. And I was just like, well, that sucks to be them, I guess. Like I didn't have the connection to the love and the compassion. And I was really astounded that she did. And she's like, they have families, they have little kids, they have grandmothers They're They don't care. They're just going to hurt this society and hurt this little country. And there's no reason for it. There's never any reason for war. And she started crying and her speech, she like literally was a stranger to all of us. She walked in and I looked and there was not a dry eye left in the room. I think looking back, she might've been an angel that was like an angel of compassion or something. I don't know what, but she, I think she was an archangel, but she changed everybody's hearts in just a matter of moments. Right. And so we have things from every angle working on us to detox our energy in our individual cells, you know, like that lack of compassion, the lack of concern for strangers, all of that stuff is stuck as toxic energy in our cells. And as we like raise the vibration and we love everybody, then we start to bring ourselves into that higher, finer vibration and the spiritual flu that's, you know, not, it doesn't feel like our friend at the time, but afterwards we look back on who we used to be even four years ago. And we're like, wow, I'm so grateful for that because I actually, I'm a totally different person. I'm a totally different person. So all of those things are important and they all are caused by the spiritual flu. Now the next one is dizziness. Dizziness can happen around big cosmic events like solar flaring, uh, eclipses, super moons, etc. Um, I'm going to add uh, cosmic radiation storms when they're very intense, when the Schumann resonance goes all wonky, whether it's, you know, I think it gets kind of like wah, 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 <laughs> wah, 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 wonky. You know, it just kind of feels like it's up and it's down and it's all around. I mean, 
you know, if you've been with me for a couple of years listening to this podcast, you're going to know as well as I do that we've had flatline zero Schumann resonances all the way up to 6,000 Hertz frequency and everything in between. Um, 6,000 is a wild outlier. And so, but we've had, you know, between the 600 and 700s in South Africa, we, you know, it's, but we're, it's like crazy all over the map. Right. And when that happens, it makes us feel a little bit kind of crazy. The magnetosphere opens up and cracks. And then there's like a hole in it when we get hit by cosmic, um, well, actually the solar flares as you know, the CMEs coronal mass ejections. And that just opens up the magnetosphere and that causes all kinds of crap, dizziness, memory loss, you know, all kinds of stuff. So dizziness, let me see. Um, she says, ground yourself by breathing up through your feet. If you connect with the earth uh, for sustenance and stability, I also say eat something heavy. If you're um, not a vegetarian or a vegan and you still eat meat, you know what? Eat meat, eat a piece of cheese, you know, like that kind of stuff is grounding, even peanuts um, or nuts, you know, like something that's really, you know, like if you eat vegetables, make sure you eat like a, a heavier, denser protein with it. If you're, you know, like some people could be vegetarian and feel great. I mean, it almost killed me. I did it for nine years and it almost killed me. So everybody has a different system and it doesn't make you more or less spiritual. It's just, we have a different way of grounding. And if you feel ungrounded and you do eat meat, eat a steak. That's one of the like ground beef literally will ground you. It's really strange. Um, you know, I, I channeled, uh, prime creator a couple years ago. And he said, when people are, um, vegans, they eat such high vibrational food that they have to constantly ground themselves like by meditating and walking on the ground. And they have to constantly pull themselves down because their heads are always floating in the clouds basically because their vibration is goes up and then they feel kind of wonky and dizzy. And it's a lot of times this is caused by diet you know, lack of something in your diet or whatever. But, um, you know, so if you're vegan, um, then this is what you have to do. You have to walk through the grass with your feet, put your feet against the actual ground and, and anchor yourself a little bit to the earth. Right. But if you are, if you eat meat, you're, then you're going to be like me where you're constantly thinking about, no, I don't want to ground my energy to the ground. I'm already grounded because I ate meat today. So I'm moving myself up, up, up. And so we want to always push our energy upwards. I'm always thinking about putting my energy up higher vibration, high, high, high vibration. And it's just two separate ways. It's two different or opposite ways of being in the world. And no, not one is easier or harder than the other. Not one is better or worse than the other. It's not like you're going to go to hell because you ate a hamburger. You're not going to go to heaven because you ate a vegetable. Okay. You know, it's like who you are as a human being. And that includes not in ju not judging other people for their plate, you know, and what's on it. So, um, you know, like I've had, I've, I had like a, a couple of men have told me, Oh, lips that touch meat will never touch mine. And I'm like, I would never want to touch your meat with my lips. 
I mean, it's like one of the rudest things for anyone to say. I just always felt like, ugh, that's just gross. Like, you know, like just to judge somebody based on their food or, or their diet. And if it's different than yours, I mean, I mean, I could see not wanting to be serious about someone who never eats something healthy, but you know, if it's like, if they have a steady stream of like Mountain Dew and Doritos and they don't eat anything else, no, it's dinner time. Let's have another package or processed thing. I'm, I'm like not going to be interested in that person, but <laughs> probably just saying, but I, I'm not going to judge people for that. I do know people who all they do is eat junk food, but I've seen those, um, particular people like this particular person I'm thinking of, she was a teenager and she wasn't eating. She was my friend's, um, my friend's daughter and she would not eat anything healthy. And then I saw her eat an apple once. So I'm like, okay, good. There's hope for her. She's going to be all right. She'll get to the point where she gets tired of the junk food and she'll, she'll get into broccoli and asparagus in good time. It's going to happen. You know, she's going to raise her vibe a little more. It's she's just going to work out for, her. but, um, but I have, um, seen that dizziness comes from, um, like this person says lack of grounding. But again, if you need to eat to ground, then do that. If you want to just go touch your feet. And if you eat me, of course you can still touch your feet to the ground, but you won't have to as often as if you are a vegan, vegans really need to do that grounding. And whereas meat eaters, we really need to reach up and constantly meditate to get our, our heads up higher. It's just two different. <laughs> it's like a struggle. Both ways are a struggle, but they're just two totally different opposite type of struggles. Um, Dizziness can possibly be caused by the ancestors pushing on your head, trying to get your attention or spirits or extraterrestrials or, um, um, interdimensionals that if you're going to be a channeler. And again, if you haven't answered the calling yet, um, they, this can happen through like dizziness can happen, you know, because of these things, just like the headaches. So ears receiving high vibrational sounds. Um, what I understand about this, and we're going to stop uh, the conversation at this one. Uh, this might take us a couple weeks to get through. We'll see. Uh, ears receiving high vibrational sounds. What it says is this will sound like a tuning fork being struck in one ear or the other. A high vibration sound slowly tunes in and then out. It doesn't hurt and it's just totally random. And it there, she's saying it's not the same thing as tinnitus. It's not officially the same thing as tinnitus. Although a lot of people just go, okay, it's like tinnitus, but it's spiritual tinnitus. Okay. Um, ear downloads is what she's calling it. That's a good way to call it. Honestly, it's a way that high vibrational 5d information is absorbed by your energy body because everything is sound vibration. You receive instructions on your next steps this way. Ooh, I did not think about that. That's interesting. You may not be able to decipher what the messages mean, but just pause and allow them to absorb and say, thank you. I love this. This is awesome message. Okay. So, and this might be Aliona Parveen, I think might be the author of this. I'm going to go 
and look and see now, now, now high vibrational pitches. And especially if you get one, you know what? I don't think anybody signed this particular. So it might just be the person who owns this, uh, website. I don't see anybody's name on this article. Otherwise I would give her complete, uh, credit for it. So, uh, yeah, high vibrational sounds, uh, Doreen Virtue was the first person I heard say this. She mentioned that this is your angels raising your vibration. And I thought, Oh, very interesting. And I think it might've been her, if not another book that I read of hers that said, uh, crickets and birds chirping and all of the animal sounds that you hear, especially at night, because you're willing, ready, and able to receive a higher vibration when you're relaxed, when you're asleep. And this is one of those things that happen, uh, at night, you know, raises your vibration, all of these noises. I think I also heard that from Doreen Virtue. It's like a, a low down, dirty shame that she decided to be a Christian and go against everything she ever said ever about anything new AJ. I don't know what happened to her and I wish her well, but it's just so sad that she has dismissed everything she's ever said in the past. Um, I don't know why she did, but it's really, really weird to me anyway. But she was the first person that said that about the high vibrational pitches in the ears. I mean, I thought my brain was having a problem. (laughs) I mean, it was happening to me so much when I was 18 that I thought I probably need to go see a doctor because I'm probably dying. I thought maybe I have a tumor. I was like so scared. I, I did not know what was happening to me. And my spiritual awakening started when I was 18 in 1987. So, um... I was always like, Oh, what is this? Oh my God. I'm so scared. What the hell? And it's, um, but your ears, you have little tiny ear chakras and they're getting high vibrational energy. And I never thought about this idea about receiving instructions on your next steps. It's possible. And it might be what leads you to be a, your, it leads you to being able to hear your ancestors or your spirit guides or your holy guardian angel or your spiritual healing team more or, um, sounds of, okay. God just told me you can hear literally the sound of your twin flames heart when you're in close proximity, but on a higher vibrational level not the sound of their physical, uh, body heart, but their heart chakra, you're going to hear it. And it's literally going to be music to your ears. When you meet this person, he's saying to a lesser degree soulmates that, you know, your ear, your ears will ring next to them. And that's because you're, you're going to vibe with each other. And it's like a tuning fork and you'll calibrate your higher vibrational energies together so that you're going to be able to hear each other in the conversation and have decent communication. God just told me that right now. So awesome. Thank you. That was freaking awesome. All right. Well, that's what we're going to go over right now. And I have more of course, tomorrow, uh, vibration, high vibrational sounds. I'm trying to think 
I think I went over everything. That's never going to be a negative thing. That's always going to be going up, 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 raising your vibration, opening up yourself to higher energy. Uh, psychic premonitions might bring a tinnitus like feeling. Now, if you actually have tinnitus and go to the doctor, they might give you a medicine for it. Um, same thing for dizziness. They might give you a medicine for, um, feeling faint or dizzy. Um, Oh, there's a word for it. I used to have medicine, um, for this cause I was feeling this a lot. Um, but that was a medical issue. So when I take the medicine, I would actually feel better. And I think he even said, do you have dropsy? I think that was another weird old fashioned, like 1800s word for it. Like who says dropsy anymore? That's so weird. But he, he was like, my doctor was like, well, if you feel faint, you feel like, you know, dizzy, then we have this. And I'd feel kind of nauseated when I'd get this energy and that was physical. So if you could take a pill for it and, and it goes and goes away, then it's not an ascension symptom. But I think more often than not, this like sort of sound that you hear, you hear in your ears. And sometimes I will hear like, um, a higher pitch in one ear and then a lower pitch will start in the other ear and it kind of phases me. And then that's when I have missing time sometimes. And I don't know what's happening exactly. It's not really raising my physical vibration or my energetic, energetic body vibrations or soul body, you know, spirit body vibration. But I think it's, um, maybe right before I bilocate. And I know there's a whooshing sound when I come back after bilocation. And that always happens when I'm asleep, which is really freaking weird. But, um, and this is something we're all going to be able to master. Eventually I have not mastered it. It just happens randomly. It's something my soul does. My, my higher self is like, I'm like, by like, by locate me to my twin flame, dude. Like don't bilocate me to strangers halfway around the world. I mean, come on. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to complain about it. I enjoy helping the people in New Zealand. I've been helping, but I think I'm, I'm done with it now. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know why I was there, but I, I did a few things. And I raised a vibration on their farm and I was just like, I'm just a farm hand. And I think I lied about my name. It was like weird. I showed up randomly out of nowhere. And at one time they were talking about me, like, where'd she go? She was here. And then we haven't seen her walk away from the farm or come. And then she just like comes out of nowhere. And then I did it again. And they were like, Whoa, where'd you come from? I'm like, Oh, it's just over there. You didn't see me walking and like just pulling it off. Like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but my bilocation persona, I'm actually smoother than I am in real life over here in this body. I don't know what's going on, but it's just one of those really weird things. And we are multidimensional beings. You are too. We all are. Um, whether you were born, um, originally an archangel or a human, we are all multidimensional. Every being in the world and in the universes, we are all multidimensional. So it's obvious that a lot of these crazy things are going to happen. And speaking of multidimensional, before we get into space weather, so this is really weird. Um, on Saturday, I slept a lot of extra hours and during these extra hours, I had like a five hour dream that when I woke up, prime creator said, well, okay, so what do you think about that timeline? And I'm like, 
Everyone was brainwashed. You guys, this is 16% worse than our world that we're in right now. Okay. And he's, you know, I looked in all of us that, you know, us good people that we thought we were the good people. We were all, everybody on earth was brainwashed by something worse than QAnon. It was like that, but worse. And the vibrations were low and people did not care about their animals or their pets. And everyone was, um, it just wasn't, it was higher consciousness than some of the timelines I've, um, had to collapse, but God asked me and I'm like, what will happen to all of us if I collapse that timeline? And the answer was, we're all going to, um, absorb, reabsorb a bunch of new energy from that life. We're going to collapse the timeline and that's going to lift us all up. So, I mean, I didn't kill anybody, but I just collapsed the timeline. So that part of ourselves, that aspect of us that was lower in vibrational nature, shed off the lower crap and the energy, the positive part of our soul came rushing back to us. I talked to a few people and they said, wow, I had this rush of energy right in the middle of the day. And that's when I did it. (laughs) So if you guys felt a rush of energy in the middle of the day on Saturday, that's you're welcome. And God asked me to do it. And I'm like, okay, so I did it. I'm the archangel of death. And there's a couple articles I found about myself over the weekend that said that I was, um, very sweet and loving, but also very terrifying in the abilities that God gave me. I, I could not agree more after collapsing that timeline and I've had to collapse several. And when I first did it, I thought it was something that we're all going to have as a skill and apparently not. It's something that I do and maybe a few other people do. I don't know how many, but, um, (laughs) I, when I first started collapsing timelines, I thought I was collapsing my part in the timeline. So the timeline was still there, but my part, meaning my body would just die. And then I would retrieve my soul and then that's it. But I found out later I was collapsing the whole fucking thing. Like everybody just ceased to exist. Boom. We all the, we just dropped the negativity and all the positive stuff comes rushing. I will never collapse a higher timeline because that's where we're going to higher and better timelines, right? We're trying to come back into unity and you can't do it when you're, when you're so freaking scattered all over the universe. So we're trying to bring ourselves back into ourselves. So (laughs) hopefully that makes sense. But if you felt like something was up and something was really strange and off and weird, about Saturday, like you felt a little strange. And then all of a sudden you felt like a rush of energy and you felt better. That's what happened. Uh, so <laughs> I, on Sunday, tried to go to bed early and I laid down and suddenly my room got extremely cold and I felt like it must be snowing outside. It was so cold in my room. And I got really spooked and I felt I'm the angel of death and I do get spooked. My friend and I were having a conversation about that today too. We were like, that's weird. He's like, you're used to spirits showing up like all the time. And yet you got spooked. I'm like, yeah, it really freaked me out. I was laying there and I was getting colder and colder and I put a sweater on and I put my extra blanket on. Like I was just like, I'm freaking freezing. Mr. Bigglesworth. (laughs) And I went in and I got my, um, I have a nice fuzzy bathrobe and I put that on 
top of my um, comforter and I'm still so cold. And sure enough, five spirits were standing there staring at me. And I like, all of a sudden I turned around and I'm like, wait a minute. And I, the hairs on the back of my neck started to stand up and I was like, Oh, I got that chilly feeling. And I was like, Oh, and there was a family of five people and they don't know how they died. They don't know how long they've been dead, but there were a whole family that died together. And I don't know if it was, I think it was COVID, you know, but I'm not really sure. And they were, I think they were Ecuadorian from the coast anyway, I opened up the portal, put them on the platform, had Archangel Michael come and get them. But there was something about this family. It felt very, very sinister. There was like an energy that I was like, Ooh, I don't like that energy. So I had to, um, I literally, I had Archangel Michael who is not incarnate at this moment, but I had him and I had, um, and I had, uh, my Holy guardian angel. And I called upon my twin flame, um, who is an angel and he was asleep at the time. I'm like, come and get me. Just put your arms around me. I had three angels holding me the rest of the night and it took me an hour before my room was back to normal. It felt like there was frost inside. I've never felt that to that extent before. I always get cold when a spirit enters the room because that's just the way it happens. And sometimes like you see your breath in front of your face, it gets like super cold and then after you, you release them back to heaven or wherever they're going, it just, everything's fine. Everything gets back to normal. And normally I feel like, oh, okay, cool. But it's so freaky to live alone. <laughs> and my only companion is a black cat. My life is already freaky. You know, I even have a witch's hat. Like, I know I look freaky, but it's like so strange when it spooks me. It's like even, it's like double you know, like my friend said, it's like even more so weird, you know? And so that was Saturday and that was Sunday. And then today my cat and I were, were playing with her toys and we were kind of hanging out together. And then she wanted to relax while I cooked dinner. So she laid on one of the counters away from where I was cooking, but you know, close enough where we were, we could see each other clearly. And all of a sudden, one of her balls, uh, like her little soccer ball went rolling across the room and hit the door. (laughs) And I heard a couple sounds, a couple noises inside my, my dining room in my living room area, which was really freaky because what the hell? And I asked, was there spirit hair? No, it was a Lyran came to visit. And is she still here? No, she left. She just wanted to come in and say, hi. And I introduced her to the cat and I don't know if the cat did anything, you know, acknowledged her, but she was just like hanging out with me for a minute. And then she left again. And I think it was the same Lyran that came to say hi and check up on me a while uh, back, like a couple years ago, I mentioned it in the show then too, but I heard like this crash of something hitting the door. And that's always the way Lyran sound when they come into your house. It sounds like a cat racing across a polished marble floor and crashing into the wall. You know, and it sounds like things falling and breaking and yet nothing fell, nothing broke, nothing crashed. But she was playing with my cat's toys. It was so freaky. And if you don't know what a Laren is, a Laren is um, a humanoid um, extraterrestrial and they have cat heads. 
They're, they have furry cat heads. They're so cute. <laughs> and I don't know if they purr or anything like that, but they're just like humanoid, but they have like um, cat-like features, and they're adorable. And they're very sweet, and they their homeworld was blown up, Vega, a long, long, long time ago in the Lyra star system. And um, they've been hunted uh, for a while from some of the more evil aliens. And, well, they a lot of them uh, come to Earth and they inhabit the bodies of black cats. Mostly all black cats are larens in hiding. And a lot of other cats that are not black can also be larens in hiding. But mostly, if you have a black cat, for sure, it's a Laren. So, that's why I wanted my black cat. I'm like, yeah, she's going to have a higher consciousness than an average Joe cat. So, anyway, so that was, like, weird. So, I've been in, I've been collapsing timelines. I've been just, I don't even know what else. I'm exhausted from the weekend. I'm always tired on the weekends. I'm like, what happened? I, I get enough sleep. I should be fine. And then all these crazy things happen where I'm doing all this deep spiritual work in my sleep. I end up sleeping five or six hours longer than normal. And like on Saturday, I collapsed a timeline and then I was tired after a while of doing that. And then when I was finished, I had this rush of my own energy coming back to me. I'm like, oh, I feel great. But it just, it was a very eventful and freaky kind of a weekend. I did some laundry. I, you know, I did some good things for myself, but, um, you know, ate very well, ate high quality food, which was nice. I always feel good about that. But, um, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but that was my weekend. (laughs) Very deeply spiritual, crazy kind of weekend. I look forward to having like a normal weekend someday, you guys. I look forward to the whole world being opened up again. I look forward to gain a vaccination that I did decide to get. My friend didn't want to have any weird side effects. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll take the plunge if it's ever even available to expatriates here in this country. And I was really wondering like, you know, what it's going to feel like to just go out into a normal restaurant or, you know, maybe someday I'll get to like Disneyland again, or, you know, Knott's Berry Farm again, or something like that. I want to go to Harry Potter World in Florida. And I just feel like, what, what is that going to feel like? You know, what is that going to really be like when, <laughs> when I could do something normal-ish again? Like, that would be really neat, right? I don't know if you guys find yourself fantasizing about something normal like eating in a restaurant and other people are there (laughs) it's just such a it's been almost a year you know Wednesday will mark a year for us here in Ecuador when we've been on military lockdown and we're not on under military anyway anymore but we're still kind of in partial lockdown it's everything is pretty much we're still in quarantine it was freaky because a couple days ago, um, all of my neighbors from the the two houses on the end of my street, they're all walking together, not one mask in the crowd, and they've always worn masks. So I think that maybe they got the um, vaccination and they think they're safe now, you know, or something, or they just don't care, you know, anymore. Maybe there's no mask restrictions, but I think there definitely is still. I'm sure of it. I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but it's just, it was so weird to see a group of people walking and talking and laughing and no mask. I'm like, what the hell? It might've just been my, you know, my friends, 
you know, and their family, right? You know, they they all live together anyway, so and they're not near other people. Maybe that was the thing. I don't know. Anyway, let's get into spaceweather.com before we get into the third book. I can't help myself, guys. The third book, Life and Teaching of Masters of the Far East, book three, starts tonight. So, all right, let's go to spaceweather.com. I don't know if you can hear my weather weather. <laughs> it, we are having wetter weather over here. It's raining cats and dogs, which you might hear meowing and barking in the background. <laughs> it's, it's pretty heavy-duty rain right now. So solar wind speed right now is uh, 452.1 kilometers per second. Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we also had solar wind. Uh, We were inside a solar wind stream, so it was affecting us. There was a lot of geomagnetic storms and activity. And somebody took a picture of Steve. And Steve has been showing up quite a bit. What is Steve? It is strong thermal emission velocity enhancement. And it's not a type of aurora borealis. It is uh, auroras will appear when particles rain down from space, but Steve does not require this space rain. Um, Satellite measurements show that a ribbon of hot gas speeding through the upper reaches of Earth's magnetic field faster than 10,000 miles per hour and is hot 3,000 degrees centigrade. Whoa, or Celsius. Wow, right? So the ribbon's purple hue is still a mystery. No one knows why it's that color. Research uh, suggests that it's heated nitrogen, but they still don't really know. And it appears in the weeks around the equinoxes. And so that's happening right now. We're getting ready again for spring equinox coming up. And so if you live at high latitudes... Uh, make sure that you look for those purple ribbons in the sky and they kind of go at a little slant or up and down and they look a little different than the Aurora Borealis. It's pretty exciting. Um, Now, Steve is not an Aurora, but there is an Aurora sidekick that always shows up with Steve, which looks like a, well, a green picket fence. (laughs) It's very weird. It's, It's like blobs of green light. And it just looks like a picket fence and it's always with Steve and we don't, no one really knows why, but you could see pictures of both of these amazing phenomena that happen in the sky at this time of year, uh, on spaceweather.com. So if you want to go check out Steve or the picket fence that goes along with Steve, Steve and his picket fence. Okay. Don't worry until you see Steve's castle. That might be an issue because <laughs> that doesn't exist as far as we know right now. All right, uh, Sunspot AR2808 is decaying and poses no threat for strong solar flares, so that's good. Um, And 2809 is also inactive. So even though we have two sunspots facing our direction, neither one of them poses a threat of basically hurling pieces and parts of the sun at us, so no worries there. As far as cosmic radiation right now, we're at a high level. In the past 48 hours, it's gone down by 0.2%. We are now at 8.5% of the space age average. Now, check it out. We just came out of a solar um, wind, and more solar wind is starting to flow from the northern coronal hole in the sun. It's going to graze Earth's magnetic field on March 17th. So that would be St. Patrick's Day 
for those of you who are Irish and plan to wear green lest you get pinched, that's when we're going to be hit again with those solar wind streams. I like them. It's like an energy blanket. <laughs> I, it always makes me feel a little sleepy, but happy. All right. There were eight fireballs according to the all sky fireball network and NASA's all sky cameras over the United States. And these were sporadic fireballs. Schumann resonance news, um, from disclosure news. It out of Italy shows that, okay. Uh, power 16. That was it. That was the big number for here today. The Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. Remember that? That was the day that Caesar was murdered by his senators because he was out of control. (laughs) Just don't be a really crappy politician around this time of year, I guess. (laughs) All right. So, um... I'm looking at uh, now the magnetometer for the Schumann Resonance's power. Now, I want to mention something. At 9 o'clock in the morning on Friday, let's see where we're at. Actually, I'm going to go to the highest point. Okay. At 10 o'clock in the morning, Friday, March 12th, at 441, I mean, Hulului, South Africa was at 441 Hertz frequency. Just wanted to mention it. It's a lot farther down now, but it did happen over the weekend. So just want to bring that up. All right. The closest to, to today we have is a 2300 hour of the 13th of March, which was a Saturday. This is where we were at. California was at 47 Hertz frequency. This is a Schumann resonance scale now. Um, of Saudi Arabia was at 69 Hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 97 Hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 83 Hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand was at 57 Hertz frequency. Last but not least, Hulului, South Africa was at 164, which is a far cry from just the day before where they were at 441. So remember I was saying earlier that it can fluctuate. Sometimes that's what gives us that dizziness and the headaches. But unless your city is anywhere near any of these cities or places, um, we don't know what it was where you were at. It, it costs apparently $20,000 to set up a geomagnetic um, magnetometer to address the Schumann resonance um, information in your area. So yeah, that's why we don't have more, I guess. And not a lot of people want to put money into science unless it's going to make the money back. <laughs> and I think that's the big, big uh, secret to that. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, guys. And when I come back after this little teeny tiny musical interlude for you, <laughs> for me, it might be an hour of watching the Gilmore Girls or eating or petting the cat. Who knows? But anyway, when I come back, we're going to get to Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East, Volume 3, right after this. Right, guys, without taking a break, I'm just going to get into it. <laughs> no Gilmore Girls, no petting the cat. And I already ate a big meal, so 
<laughs> okay. Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East by Baird T. Spaulding. You can spell this name, uh, his first name, Baird, B-A-I-R-D, middle initial T, period. And Spaulding is spelled S-P-A-L-D-I-N-G. Now, this is volume three. There are several uh, books to this series, which I'm so grateful for. They're basically field notes when they went to the um, Himalaya mountains to look for the ascended masters that apparently live there. And it's pretty exciting. Honestly, it's pretty exciting stuff. I just, it's like, uh, hopefully it'll be something exciting today. We'll see. He's going to begin with the forward because this is a new book, a new volume. So here it is. Dear reader, you are not only a reader, but a friend whom I have met face to face and conversed with. Just as you have met and conversed with each of the characters in this book. I am certain they surround you with the full glory of the divine light of love, of life, love, and wisdom. And by surrounding you thus, They aid you in your understanding. They enfold you in the ever-present divine light of life, love, and wisdom, which is theirs to send out and to give. They see you always enfolded in this omnipresent divine presence. They see you seated on your own throne as a true king or queen, ruling through and by this divine presence. They envisage you knowing and accomplishing. I looked at, I looked at my phone. It was 222 right in that moment. Oh, okay. (laughs) They envisage you knowing and accomplishing your divine mission. Always alive, always peaceful and happy always the divine you. They see not only you, but the whole human family, divine and pure, and every created thing or form as divine, created in the image and likeness of the divine. Not one, nor one sect, nor one creed, but all, and that all-inclusive None can appreciate these great people save those who have been admitted to the quiet of their sacred places and thoughts. They live truth, which is a part of the universe itself. Life is really traceable back into the misty past, which bears to us the accomplishments of hundreds of thousands of past centuries. To us, life is bound about by every limitation and convention. To them, life is boundless, ceaseless, unending bliss and happiness. The longer the span of life, the greater the joy and the more worthwhile the living. 
None that understand and love these people can doubt their teachings. Neither can he doubt their true sincerity when he has partaken of their hospitality. The Western world looks to the outer, thereby touching the hem of the garment. The Eastern world puts on the robe, but not as a garment that may be laid aside. The West polish the vessel of the lamp. The East fan the flame that it may give forth a more intense light. The West look to the outer with longing eyes, back of which is a glow of spiritual vision, the seeking of true knowledge. I half expected my cat to show up since that's her name, knowledge. (laughs) The East know that flesh must be illumined by the light of the flame that is first kindled from within, then allowed to shine forth to the without as the full blaze of the noonday sun. The West name themselves material. The East live truly in the allness of spirit. They behold each and every one living by compelling, impelling, sustaining spirit. It matters not what the location, be it in the great snows of Alti Himalaya, the busy modern city, or the most secluded monastery. That which to the Western world seems miraculous and unbelievable is to the poised Hindu thought the natural outcome of the acceptance and bringing forth of spirit. That which is set forth as God in manifest form. That they are fully alive know full well that there is far more than that which comes under their personal recognizance. In fact, there is much more than ever has been dreamed of in any philosophy. Therefore, there are no apologies offered for this book or for those which have preceded it. When you look longingly with a clear vision toward an accomplishment, It is your divine heritage to command that you place yourself in such a receptive attitude that the ability is already yours to bring forth your ideal. God speaks through the God man today, just as God has spoken down the long ages. The knowledge which the people in this book convey is by no means new. Although the presentation brings a new light to the Western world, the main object of their lives is to give knowledge and enlightenment to humanity through pure knowledge aflame with love. Their great mission is to pave the way toward peace and harmony. What? That's not a word. Let me start that over. Their great mission is to pave the way toward peace and harmony through man's great power to accomplish. They are the greatest friends of true science, religion, and philosophy. And they proclaim these as well as all men, brothers, as truth is one. 
Thus, science becomes the golden thread upon which the pearls are strung. The day is here in which a large portion of humanity has already outgrown the old concept of divinity. They have lost their faith in teachings based upon faith alone. They have learned that to be good in order to gain a heavenly reward after death is a fallacy, a fallacy, a very low ideal. This idea of being good for the rewards sake and the special privilege of playing harps and singing psalms forever. <laughs> they have realized that this is an expression of self-interest only and completely foreign to the teachings of the Christ of God, the God man fully alive. Oh my God. You guys realize that he's, he wrote these words in like the 1890s. My own mother was still talking about this stuff. This is what she, she says, I'm going to die and stare into the face of God forever. I'm like, what? Like this is the kind of same idea playing harps and singing Psalms forever. Like that's kind of crazy, right? I mean that th- these ideas are still being promoted in religions today. I just, I wanted to point that out like 130 years later, or almost 140 years later, we're still like, this is still happening in churches. No wonder, you know, it's taken forever to ascend. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's all a foul. It's, it's a fallacy. It's not, it's, it's just, uh, Ah, <laughs> it's a very low idea. Like you're being re- you're being good so that you could get the reward. <laughs> it's like, no, raise your vibrations so that you can understand that you, div- you are a divine person. It, it's a lot more than just a reward. It's like, it's an, you earn it. Y- you know, it's not just being good, you know going to church on Sunday and wearing your Sunday finest and saying your prayers before bed, hoping you'll get to go to heaven and play a harp on a cloud for the rest of your days. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. I don't know. I just, these ideas are funny to me and it's funny to him too. So he was ahead of his time. All right. (laughs) The idea of death is foreign Two, in fact, it's a direct contradiction of the divine purpose and is not in accord with the law of the cosmos or its vibrant radiations. Neither is it in accord with the teachings of Jesus. The church and the graveyard are often in the same field. This alone is a direct acknowledgement that Christian teachings have not even been comprehended. Yeah, exactly. I've been saying that for a couple of years now. Man. All right. The Christ man has spoken and the listening ear has heard. If a man believes in me, he shall never die. The God man knows that the one who is in sin or lives with sinful vibrations surrounding him dies and unto him the wages of sin is death but the gift of god to the god man in the kingdom of god here on earth the human body perfect perfect in the flesh 
when man lives true to the God vibration and wholly in that vibration, that vibratory thought, the people in this book have taken God out of the realm of the supernatural and of superstition and have placed him wholly in vibratory frequency, knowing that as they keep their bodies in the divine vibration, they never grow old and they never die. When the vibrations of their bodies are lowered or allowed to slow down, death ensues. In fact, these people know that when the mistake of death is accomplished, the body is vibrating at such a low rate that the emanating life vibrations are actually crowded out of the body temple and that those vibrating life emanations still hold together and maintain the same form which the body had when they were crowded out. Those emanations have intelligence and still revolve around a central nucleus or sun which attracts and holds them together. These emanating particles are surrounded by an intelligent emanation that assists them to keep their form and from which they again draw substance to erect another temple. This is in direct accord and works in complete harmony with the intelligence that has been built around the body during their life cycle. If that intelligence vibrates at a low frequency, or in other words, is weak, it loses contact with the emanations of life and energy that have been forced out of the body or form the clay after the life emanations have left it. And the emanations finally disperse and return to the source. Then complete death is accomplished. But... If the intelligence is strong, vibrant, and active, it takes full charge immediately and a new body is instantly assembled. A resurrection has taken place. And through that resurrection, man is perfected in the flesh. Not all can hear or accept such a revelation. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 4, verse 9. He whose understanding is developed sufficiently is able to comprehend. Thus, large portions of humanity are developing a science through which they are again discovering that God has always lived in man and with humanity yet they for a time have not known God they've only lost sight of the God man to those of whom I have written I dedicate this book as well as the books that have been published at the feet of these near and dear ones I lay my deepest respect and gratitude And in no way do I feel that I am conferring upon them the honor due them. We went doubting. We left with the greatest regrets, loving them every one, 
feeling that we had gained a truer and deeper insight into the science of life and true living. Signed, Baird T. Spaulding. Chapter 1 After those assembled had departed, my associates and I stayed on, loath to leave the place where we had witnessed such a transformation. No words can describe our feelings and the tremendous uplift of those last hours. The words, all for one and one for all, blazed forth as vividly as when they first appeared. We did not talk. We could not say a word. Although we were in the same general position until daylight, we had no sense of being confined in a room. Our bodies seemed to emit a brilliant light, and wherever we walked, we had no sense of limiting walls. Although just previous to the experience, we were in a room hewed from solid rock. There did not seem to be a floor under our feet, yet we freely moved in any direction. Words absolutely fail to describe our thoughts and sensations. We even walked beyond the confines of the room and the cliff, yet we had no feeling of being hampered. Our garments and everything about us seemed to radiate a pure white light. Even after sunrise, this light seemed brighter than that of the sun. We seemed to be in a great sphere of light and we could look through this crystal ray and see the sun as it appeared far away, shrouded in a haze. It actually seemed cold and uninviting compared to the place where we stood. Although the thermometer registered 45 degrees below zero and the country was covered in snow that sparkled in the morning sunlight, in the place where we were, there was a consciousness of warmth, peace, and beauty that surpasses expression. It was one occasion in which thoughts could not be put into words. Here we stayed for three more days and nights with no thought of rest or refreshment. There was not a sign of fatigue or weariness, and as we looked back upon the time, it seemed as if it passed in an instant. Yet we were conscious of each other's presence and at the passing of the hours. There was no sunrise or sunset, just a continuous, glorious day. Not a vague dream, but every moment an actual reality. And what a vista of the future opened before us. The horizon seemed to be pushed back into eternity, or as our chief expressed it, it seemed to be expanding into a boundless and eternal sea of throbbing, pulsating life. And the great beauty of it all was that it was for all to see and know, not for just a few, but for all. On the fourth day, our chief suggested that we go below 
to the room of the records in order to again take up our work of translation. Upon making the move to proceed, we found ourselves standing altogether in the room. I can but let the reader picture our astonishment and joy. We had moved two stories down and accomplished two flights of stairs without the least physical exertion on our part and without the least knowledge of the accomplishment. Yet there we were in the room among the records where we had been working. It was all aglow with light. The place was warm and cheerful and we could move anywhere we wished without the least effort. When we took up one of the tablets and placed it in a convenient place for study, its context and meaning were translated to us perfectly. When we began writing these translated conclusions, suddenly a whole page of manuscript would be filled with the text in our own handwriting. All we need do was to place the pages together in manuscript form. In this way, we finished manuscript after manuscript of these translations. By two o'clock that afternoon, we had finished and filed 12 manuscripts of over 400 pages each. And we experienced not the least fatigue from this pleasant occupation. We were so engrossed that we were unconscious of the presence of others in the room until our chief stepped forward with a greeting. We all looked up to see Jesus, Emil, our hostess, and Chander Sen, the man of the records, whom we had at first called the old man of the records, but whom we now knew as the young man. There were also Bagot Irand and a stranger to whom we were introduced as Ram Chan Ra. We later learned his familiar name to be Bud Ra. Or I guess maybe it's Bud Ra, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> the table was cleared and prepared for a meal. We sat down and after a few moments of silence, Jesus spoke. Almighty and all-pervading Father Principle, which shines forth ever triumphant from within us out to all the world and is the light, love, and beauty which we are experiencing this day and which we always experience if we only will, we bow before this altar on which burns the undying fire of perfect love, harmony, true wisdom, unending devotion, and pure humility. This sacred light shines steadily on, undimmed from within the souls of those who are now gathered at this, the altar of true fatherhood, sonship, and devoted brotherhood. This divine light does shine forth from these near and dear ones, out and out to the most remote places of all the world that all may see its great light and may experience its undimmed and unquenchable love. 
The rays of this all-pervading light, beauty and purity shine through the receptive souls and hearts of those who are gathered at this your altar. We are now conscious of these all-consuming and embracing rays of love, and we send them forth, and they transmute, blend, and harmonize all mankind. It is the true and the pure Christ of God, standing forth from each and all, that we salute and stand face to face with equal to one with God. Again, we salute God, our father right within and standing forth after Jesus ceased speaking. We all arose upon the suggestion that we return to the room where our former experience had taken place. As we started toward the door, we realized we were already there. This time we were conscious of moving, but not conscious of the cause of locomotion. As soon as we expressed the desire, we were actually in the upper room. Although the shadows of evening were well advanced, our way was perfectly lighted and we found all aglow with the rich beauty and effulgence that had been there when we departed. The reader will recall it was in the room We had just left that Chender Sen returned to us after being brought back from what we looked upon as death. To us, that room was a shrine, and it seemed aglow with all possibilities, a sanctified place where we ourselves had been able to step forth to a greater accomplishment than as mere mortals we had previously known. From that time on until April 15th, the day of our departure, not a day or night passed that we did not all meet together for at least one hour. During this time, the room never again assumed the appearance of solid rock. It seemed as though we could always see through those walls into infinite space. It was in that room that the bonds limiting consciousness were removed. It was there that a great vista of the future opened to us. We all sat down at the table and Jesus resumed the conversation. Hold on. I'm waiting for the page to load. I had to go to the next page. Oh boy, you guys, I would be really happy. (laughs) I mean, if you had like a fourth floor walk up, you'd be so happy to just Think about being up there and boom, you're there. This is stuff we all need to work towards, right? For so many different reasons. I don't know why this is, um, here we go. There we go. This is now, this is Jesus speaking again. It takes a true motivating thought focused on a central absorbing point or ideal to bring forth or accomplish. And you, as well as all mankind can become that motivating center. Not one thing comes forth unless man first expresses the ideal. 
At one time, man was fully conscious that he was this motivating center and lived fully conscious of his inheritance and dominion. He lived consciously in a condition that you term heaven. All but a few have let go of this divine gift. And today the great majority are absolutely unconscious of this divine quality, which is mankind's true inheritance. What man has done once he can accomplish again. This is the principle back of the endless array of life and manifestation that you see all around you and includes your own life together with that of every existing thing as every existing thing has life. Air, long science, will give you ample grounds for saying that things are not material as science will soon see that all things can be reduced to one primal element containing innumerable particles universally distributed, responding to vibratory influences and all in perfect and absolute equilibrium or balance. Hence, it follows on mathematical grounds alone that it took some definite movement, some initial action to draw together the infinite particles of this all pervading universal natural substance in order to bring them into form as selective objects. This power did not originate wholly within a particle, but is a power greater yet at one with the particle and you through your thought and definite action cooperating with the vibration gives selectivity to these particles. Thus will physical science be compelled to understand through necessary deductions so that scientists will recognize the presence of a power, which at this time is not understood because it is inactive and which is inactive only because it is not recognized. But when recognized and communed with by man and brought into actual expression, it is fully capable of separating certain specific areas for the specific display of this universal cosmic energy. Then there is built up what you look upon as a material universe with all its different manifestations by an orderly process of evolution. If orderly, then each stage must lay the foundation perfectly for the greater development of the stage that is to follow. If you can accomplish progress, in perfect order and harmony of thought and action, you are in actual accord with power and this power brings forth on an unlimited scale, the faculty of selecting the means to an end. You distribute life and energy under a recognized order of cosmic progression. Then there is built up what you look upon as a material universe with all its different manifestations by an orderly process of evolution. If orderly, then each stage must lay the foundation perfectly for the greater development of the stage that is to follow. If you can accomplish progress in perfect order and harmony of thought and, and action, you are in actual accord with power. And this power brings forth on an unlimited scale, the faculty of selecting the means to an end. 
you distribute life and energy under a recognized order of cosmic progression. This then is not a material universe as you have thought. That is only your definition of it. It came forth from spirit and it is spiritual. If you will define it as such, this is orderly, true, basic. If orderly, it is scientific. If scientific, it is intelligent. It is life united with intelligent life. Life coupled to and guided by intelligence becomes volition and through volition, it becomes vocation. Uh, volition, for those of you who don't know, it means will having a sheer force of spiritual will. It's like a determinate will. Like you're very forcefully using your volition or your will. Um, it's not just wanting something or hoping or yeah, I really want that to happen. It's more like, I really want that to happen. You know, you're forcing that energy in. So like volition is power. You're calling the power down. You're using your will to force it into being. Okay. So I'm going to read that again. When you have that idea of how strong volition is, what he means by this life coupled to and guided by intelligence becomes volition and through volition, it becomes vocation. Spirit is the primary vibrating original power and you may enter into spirit and use its power by the simple acceptance or knowing that it does exist. Then let it come forth <clears throat> and the whole of spirit is at your command. To you, it becomes an ever potent spring of perpetual and original life right within yourself. This does not take long years of study, nor need you go through training or hardships or deprivation. No one accepts that this vibration does exist and let it flow through you. You are one with the great creative mind substance. Thus, you know that all things do exist. If you will, but see that divine principle, great principle, good principle, God principle is all there is that it fills all space is all then you are that principle and as you stand forth in your Christ dominion and give out this principle you by your very thought word and act give this principle greater activity thus one more has found his dominion and is using God power and sending it out as you give out this power it flows to you as you give more is pressed upon you to give and you will find you cannot deplete the supply. This does not mean going into a closet and hiding yourself. This is getting quiet right where you are. Even in the busy so-called turmoil of life under the most trying of circumstances, then life is not turmoil. It is quiet. 
contemplative and compulsive. The outer activity is as nothing compared with the greater activity that you now realize and are one with. This is getting quiet right where you are, seeing God standing forth from you, closer than breathing, nearer than hands and feet, with your whole thought, action centered on God. Who is God? Where is the God that your whole thought, action is centered or focused upon? God is not a great being outside of you that you are going to bring within and then present to the world. God is that power which is generated and exhilarated by your own thought action. It is true that this power is within and all about you, but it is inactive until you think of it and know that it does exist. Then you see it flowing forth from you in limitless measure. You present it to the world and the world is benefited by your presentation. You yourself must present the accomplishment by putting forth the divine driving force of all good. God, your father, the power to accomplish behind every thought and act. Now you are God fulfilling or filling full, filling full, F-U-L-L, filling full the accomplishment. God fulfilling or filling full the accomplishment. This is God, the true and only God standing forth from you. You are then God, the father, the husband, man, the amplifier and the projector, the definite and positive accomplisher. It is then that legions fly to do your bidding. That's interesting. The moment you say wholeheartedly, with reverence and deep meaning that God is in his holy temple and know that this temple is your pure body just as you present it and as you truly stand today that you the true Christ live one with God right within this temple and that your exalted body is a holy abiding place, a whole and all-inclusive abode. You are an energizer, an all-including and outpouring vessel for this true and divine principle to flow through. Then you pour out more and more of the God which you are and which you love. You worship, you praise, and with your ever-expanding love, you pour out to all mankind that they may see the Christ, the God-man, standing forth triumphant. 
Now you say with the keenest joy, whosoever will let him come and drink deeply of the waters of pure life. Those who do this will never thirst again. This power you are using and sending forth is God. The son accomplishes readily what the father accomplishes. This is also being humble to and bowing before this great power. This is true humility, stepping forth in humble mean one with your own driving force and power. By constantly contemplating, praising, blessing, and giving thanks to this power, you increase its flow. And as you do this, it becomes potent and more readily accessible to you. Thus I say, pray without ceasing. Your daily life is true prayer. By first knowing that this power does exist, then using it with absolute confidence, you soon become wholly conscious of it. You soon know that it is all inclusive in and through you. If you will but let it flow, it will rush to you in every instance. It flows to you as you let it flow from you. Stand forth as God and give it out. This is God, your father in you and you and your father are one. Not servants, but sons, sons of the first primal cause. All that I am has is yours for you and I for you are I am I had to go to the next page hold on (laughs) it is not I who do the work it is the I am in the father and the father in me brings forth the great accomplishment as you know that you work one with the father there are no limitations no boundaries you know it is your divine right to accomplish all things then follow me only as i follow the christ the true son the only begotten of the father and as i bring forth and present god i do bring forth god from within then will it be said all are god the greatest sermon ever given is behold god this means seeing god standing forth in all glory right within and from you and from others also When you behold God and nothing else but God, you love and worship God and God alone, you truly behold God. You are the Lord, the lawgiver, 
the dispenser of the law. When you pray, enter your closet, the secret chamber of your own soul. There, pray to your father within, and your father who hears does reward you openly. Pray and give thanks that you are able to give forth more of God to the whole world. Does this not give you a higher and more lofty outlook, a broader perspective, a nobler ideal? Here the talk ended. We all arose from the table and our friends bade us good night and departed. We stayed on for a time and talked over the experiences, then decided to return to our lodgings in the village. As we arose, the thought immediately presented itself. How are we to proceed without a light? And all except the chief voiced this thought. Then he said, you can see how definitely habits how definitely habit fixes itself upon us and how desperately we cling to old ideas. Here we are completely immersed in light. It is not dimmed because of the absence of those we have grown to love so dearly. Is this not an occasion where we can step forth and show our own self-reliance, our own ability to be and to accomplish the things that we have experienced? Let us at least extend this to ourselves and have the courage to take the step toward the accomplishment. We are leaning so hard upon our wonderful friends that it actually hurts to have them leave us for a moment. I can see as they already know that if we do not become self-reliant in these small things, we will never accomplish the larger things, and I do not doubt for an instant that they have left in order to give us the opportunity of proving the accomplishment. Let us rise to the emergency and be above it. As we started, one of the parties suggested that we meditate on the method of procedure, but the chief in a firm voice said, no. If we go, we go now. After what we have seen and experienced, we must act and make these acts definite, or we do not deserve any consideration. Whereupon, we proceeded down the stairs, through the different rooms, through the tunnel, and down the ladder to the village. As we walked along, our way was completely lighted. Our bodies seemed without weight, and we moved with the utmost ease. We arrived at our lodgings overjoyed by the accomplishment. From that time on, until we left the village, we traveled where we pleased without artificial light. Our lodgings lighted up as we entered the rooms, and the warmth and beauty surpassed any power of description. We retired almost immediately. Needless to say, we did not awaken till late the next morning. All right, we're going to end it there. We will come back next week with chapter two of this remarkable book. I hope you guys felt inspired by this. I know I did. 
And now I'm going to go contemplate this and really focus on that God within. You know, I, I started praying a lot, a lot, a lot, like throughout my day because I read, um, the Quran and I'm not encouraging guys to read the Quran or anything like that, but in the Quran on every single page, it says every paragraph or every two paragraphs, it says, remember God, remember Allah right now. Just like think of God right now. And it was almost like ascended master training, even though that's not what it felt like. Like when you're reading the book, you don't think that's what this is. But I remember thinking this is ascended master training. It's secret. Nobody knows until they know, <laughs> you know, cause it even says in the Quran, if you have eyes to see, you're going to see. And if you have ears to hear, you're going to hear. And in the end times, it even said that, that there will be signs in the skies everywhere. Except the people who have closed their hearts to the God within basically, they're not going to be able to see any of it. Like they'll basically think we're crazy, right? <laughs> and it's funny because I mean, I've looked up in the skies and I've seen whole words spelled out. I've seen numbers. I've asked God what time something's going to happen. I look in the sky and it'll say like a number. And then like when that number rolls around, like, Oh, it said six now it's six o'clock. And it's not happening. I'm like, has it, has a, a has the time changed of this event going to happen? And then it'll say seven in the sky. Oh, okay. All right. I get it. It's an hour later. All right, fine. I mean, this has happened like where I always got a question <laughs> and, and then I get an answer with the, it was spelled out in clouds. The stuff is real. The stuff is really, really real, but you have to just always think upon that God within the primal will to good, the primal cause, whatever you want to call it. As long as you know that that power is within and the more you experience it, the more humbled you get, the more power you gain, you, the more you kind of bow to the power and you just feel so grateful and, and humbled. It's a really strange phenomenon. Like, you know, the more it's funny because the people who crave power and they want that power and they think that power is in money, which is ridiculous. There's no money. There's no power in money. There's power of God. That's it. People think if they're standing on a throne or, you know, in a castle or a white house or, <laughs> you know, a building, I'm, I'm in this building, this one building, this is more significant than any other buildings in my country. That means I'm the number one guy or, or woman. And that's not where power comes from. You know, political power is not power. Money, monetary power is not power. The real true power is God, the God within you. And when you are able to tap into that, then things start to happen miraculously around you. You know, and sometimes we forget this, like we might go through some really hard stuff and then we don't recognize that we can tap into the God power and be okay. We don't recognize it because we're afraid of what we see or what we're experiencing at the moment. 
you know, whether you have like a physical issue or you have, um, you know, lack of money or no job or a temporary situation where you don't have a place to live. But if you were only to tap into that power a hundred percent with complete faith, you know, it's funny when they say have faith in yourself, have faith in the God in yourself. That's what they really should say, right? Just a thought. Well, that's it. Uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. And I hope you have a, a great week coming up. And I will be back tomorrow with all unique, original, and new programming, just like always. That's it for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do a few things and um, I'll be back tomorrow. So there it is. I love each and every one of you. I wanted to thank you for your continued faith in metaphysical soul speak, the podcast in myself, my abilities. I will share with you everything that comes to me that is meant to be shared for the people. And I just, I keep going and I hope you do too. But until then, I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.